Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. I'm very um, excited to uh, kind of give a preview into next week when we start our series called The Open or The Door is Open. And uh, I got that from uh, a conference I was at at the beginning of the year at Pastor Burt Wimbley's church, and he gave this word, and it just went into my spirit. The door is open. And so um, I've just been mulling that around and meditating on that and feel like it's a word from God, not only for me personally, but for us as a church, and then for you personally as well in your life that the door is open. And this year, I'm expecting to see you be decisive, to take action, to take that step, to not be afraid, to not be confused, but to know by the wisdom of God where you're going and be confident in that step. Because when you walk by faith, you will never, ever, ever go the wrong direction. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You don't have faith, you don't have anything. You have anything worth substance. You have nothing to hold on to. But the Scripture says that we walk by faith. And faith is that victory, that position of victory that we continually live in. So that you are not moved by what you are living in in circumstances, but you're living by faith in Him. So the circumstances don't move you. Oh, this, au contraire, my friend, you change the circumstances. Because God has created you and I in his image. And when he blessed Adam and Eve, this has been his MO from the very beginning. It's been his plan for us as his children in the earth from day one. That is, be fruitful and multiply, subdue the earth, and have dominion. In other words, what he's saying is, I am giving you authority to act like me. And I, I'm just real done as a Christian, as a pastor, seeing God's people in indecision and still waiting and still kind of just talking it and not taking action. You need to be talking it. You need to keep your confession of faith without wavering. But I believe that this is the year, this is the time for you because the door is open. You know what that means? It's your turn. Huh? Tell somebody next to you, it's your turn. Hmm? It's your turn. The door is open. It's your turn now. All right? So in, in, in heading into that, that sermon series, I, I'm, which, I, I, as I said, I'm very excited about, I want to help you and equip you with some tools in your prayer so that your prayers become more effective than they ever have before, that you get real results like you never have before. I'm not saying you've never gotten real results, but I'm talking about one after the other, after the other, after the other, to where you totally disagree with the great theologian Garth Brooks. Some God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. That won't be your testimony. All your prayers will be answered by God. All right? I love Garth Brooks. He's an Okie. Any Okies here? Yeah. The, the, right here. Right here. The Smiths. Love you guys. Boomer Sooner. But 
I don't know what your experience in, in when it comes to prayer, your approach to it, or your understanding of it, but there are a lot of misunderstandings when it comes to prayer and misuses of prayer. And um, because this is one of the most powerful things for us as believers, because it is where we connect and commune with Almighty God. And so it's His invitation to come and sit with Him and talk to Him and fellowship with Him and get to know Him and therefore then in turn get to know who you really are. Because He has said things about you and I that seem sometimes a bit outlandish and sometimes way up here while we're living kind of down here. Am I talking to anybody here? Y'all know what I'm talking about? When you see... You hear these good things spoken over your life and, and what God has said about you. You're the righteousness of God in Christ. And all you can think about is all the behavior in your life that is not righteous. Hmm? You think about all the things that contradict that, why that's not true, and start kind of reasoning those kinds of things out rather than take God at His word and let your faith in Him begin to bring change so that you can truly reflect what He says. Because you can't really know who you are until you know He is till you know actually who the person of Jesus is because our whole identity is wrapped up in that man Jesus Christ the scripture says we are hidden in him that's a good thing and he's in you that's the hope of glory Christ in you the hope of glory so it's important to know from the New Testament we're going to look from the New Testament because that's where we live and see what the New Testament some truths from the New Testament about our prayer life all right um, growing up uh, some of you can probably relate to this. I was raised in a Pentecostal church, and uh, we, didn't, we didn't just have the name Pentecostal. We were Pentecostal. Hmm? Jericho March, just about every other week in church. Somebody catching the Holy Ghost, just about every week in church. Tongues and interpretation, shouting, and, you know, I, and I'm grateful, grateful for my upbringing. I'm grateful for so much of that heritage of faith in God and the power of the Holy Spirit and, and having those times where we experienced Him and, and left the place just in awe and wonder. But there are also some things about it that I'm glad to have walked away from. I'm glad to have come into some knowledge and understanding from the Scriptures because we tended to be a little bit more experiential than knowledgeable. Hmm? We, we lacked the experience of those things, but not really know why we were, <laughs> we were doing those things or if they were even scriptural. So um, I want to I wanna help. Like, prayer was one of the things that, I mean, we prayed in the Spirit, no doubt. We prayed in tongues. But when it came to the approach of God, the adults, when they would take the lead in the prayer, it, uh, the mood in the room would change. And it wasn't a good change, not, not from my perspective as a kid. It was a very fearful thing, actually. And um, we were kind of trained that you talk to God. First of all, you got to get a waver in your voice. you got to get that vibrato. All right? Because we could be talking just like we are here today. And just like you were in having fellowship with one another. And then somebody would say, let's pray. And they'd go, oh, God. <laughs> we're not worthy. Like, what just happened? Everybody's so happy until we start talking to God. And then we're sad and we're afraid and we're worms. And it was just like, and as a kid, that would just scare me. I did not like when we prayed. Not like that. Now, my dad didn't pray like that. 
with it. Um, but he was still learning things. He was still growing up in ministry, so they didn't give him the lead in prayer much. <laughs> but, and it was just kind of this beggar mentality. And it was just kind of this thought, was, if we can be as dramatic in our performance enough for God, maybe we'll get his attention. You know? And if we show him that we know, that he knows just how unworthy we are. Do you know how unbiblical and unscriptural that is to think that you're not worthy? That's nothing but a lie from the devil. For you to ever think you're unworthy? Really? God thought in order to have you because the value of something is determined by what one is willing to pay for it. And God put the price for you as the blood of his son. For you to say I'm not worthy is for you to reject what God has valued. God says you're worth the death of his son. That's why he's he's not going to play around with that stuff. He has terms and conditions for us to meet when it comes to our approach, and it is one of boldness and confidence. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by his mercy by His Son who provided for us, according to the book of Hebrews, a new and living way. And He has brought to us a better covenant established on better promises. I love the new covenant. It is established on promises. God's a promise keeper. He's not only a promise giver, He's a promise keeper. Abraham came to the place in his life where he was fully persuaded that God is able to perform what He promised. I don't even have to think about how old I am. I don't have to think about how dusty the womb of my wife is and out of order that thing is. God said we're going to have a child, then we're going to have a child. Then I will be, I am what God says I am. I am Abraham, the father of many nations. And the scripture says that he, contrary to hope, in hope believed. There was nothing hopeful as far as his circumstances were concerned that this was even going to happen. As far as the world was concerned, this guy had one foot in the grave. I like what the scripture says in Romans. It says, 100 years old and him as good as dead. But you know what happened to that 100-year-old man? Not only did he and Sarah conceive his son, but Abraham went on to live another 75 years. <laughs> Extraordinary. How'd that happen? Because he walked by faith. And that faith, see, is the higher law. It's not governed by the laws of the earth. It's not bound to that. So you can know when you walk by faith, when you walk by faith, anything's possible. And one of the things, one of the avenues for expressing your faith is through prayer. And Jesus taught us in Mark chapter 11, verse 22. He said, have faith in God. Let's say that together. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. So Jesus sets this standard. Here it is. Have faith in God. And as a result of having faith in God, here's what your life can look like. Look at the next verse. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. How many of you, come on, can we just be honest here for a moment? How many of you feel like he kind of just went right over our heads? 
Am I the only one? Okay, I'm the only honest person in the room. Because I, I feel like, he says, have faith in God. And then he gives us an illustration. Whoever says to this mountain, now Jesus is pointing at a literal mountain. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea. Wait, Jesus, he skipped a few steps here. Huh? He's showing us that with God, all things are possible. And a life that is lived by faith is going to demonstrate big things. Things that are out of your ability, out of your realm, out of your resource. There's, there's no way that you can accomplish this. But by faith in God, a mountain can move into the sea when you tell it to. See, we're called to live an extraordinary life so that the world can see that we certainly have a regular dose of, dosage of supernatural interventions, that we are in a relationship with God and we have been empowered to not be just those who let life happen to us. No, we're making life happen. We're commanding our circumstances. We're taking charge of what God told us we can take charge of. We have faith in God. And so we believe that anything's possible. One of those things is possible that a literal physical mountain could move if we command it to. Jesus said, and does not doubt in his heart. Got to get that doubt out. No, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. And then I love what Jesus does here. The very next verse. This is so beautiful. He gives us a specific thing, and it's a big specific thing. But then I love what he says here. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask. things you ask when you what? Pray. Believe you receive them and you shall have them. Let's just let that sink in for just a moment. This is Jesus, the Son of God, coming to show us who the Father is, right? He said, I don't do anything that the Father doesn't tell me to do and I don't say anything He doesn't tell me to say. So he's speaking on behalf of the Father here. And he says, whatever things you desire. Say, that's me. Okay? Because you, you you're going to have to connect to this because sometimes you, if you, when you're reading the Bible, you kind of read it like this happened for them. But he's talking to you. Because he said, whoever says to this mountain, we all included in the whoever. Whatever things you desire when you pray. See, this so much goes against our religious kind of mindset and maybe some of our religious upbringing and understanding. Because religion has taught us to say, you make sure you say, if it be thy will. If it be thy will. There are times for that, but those are pretty rare times actually. He says, whatever things you desire. Whatever things you ask. See, he really does want to give you the desires of your heart. That's in the heart of God. You are supposed to be amen and not getting quiet. I said, he really does want to give you the desires of your heart. He really is on your side. This is Jesus talking. But see, here's the issue. Now, maybe, you can, maybe you can come with me on this because I'll just tell you kind of how Eric Holler thinks or has thought before. I don't think so much anymore. I'm letting that word continue to renew my mind. But when this says, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. My mind starts going to work on that and, and starting to reason why that won't work for me. 
why that's not true for me, or based on my experiences, I, I find that that's probably not applicable to me. Many of us have been trained, unfortunately, by preachers and teachers to reason after we hear the truth instead of believe the truth and try to act like, well, he obviously doesn't mean whatever things. I mean, surely you're mature enough to know that he doesn't mean anything. That's not what he said, bozo. That's not what he said. Jesus didn't go start backpedaling and try to explain what he meant so nobody gets confused here. He just lets it hang. I love this. Whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you will have them. How simple is it? Doesn't that take the clouds away? Hmm? Doesn't that just make it clean? Whatever things you desire. You know what that means? He wants us talking to him all the time. And this is his invitation. Hey, talk to me about whatever. But here's the deal. Believe. This faith is what governs your prayers. Faith governs your prayers. Because if faith does not govern your prayers, then your prayers are futile. They're futile. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible. All right? Not if you're desperate enough. Not if you're needy enough. Not if you cry really hard. Not if you try really hard, if you believe. Stop striving. Stop begging God. He's on your side. Amen. He's your father. He's not your employer. Hmm? Oh, this is good. Okay. Thank you, Charlie. I always got you with me. But another thing, another thing about our prayer is that um, Jesus taught us in John chapter 16. He's talking to his disciples, and again, he's talking to us, and he says, in that day, you will ask me nothing. What day is he talking about? He's talking about the day after he leaves, when he ascends into heaven, and, and uh, he's no longer going to be walking the earth with them. He says, in that day, you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. And again, we still have such assurances from him, don't we? Whatever you ask the Father in my name. Next uh, verse, verse 24, it says, Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Oh, I love that. Ask and you will receive. Ask and you will receive. I'm believing that this year, praise God, you're going to pray and get your prayers answered. Amen. Because that's his desire. Jesus gives us these wonderful assurances to believe, to pray in the name of Jesus. Um, and, and so he's, he's brought us into a relationship with the Father. See, Jesus wants you to have a relationship, and he's given you access to the Father like he has access to the Father. Now, this might mess with somebody because somebody, some of you, you know, you pray to Jesus all the time. I'm not here to, to, you know, make you feel bad about that. I'm just trying to tell you that he wants you talking to the Father. That's why he came, so that you can know the Father like him, right? What's the point of being in this family and only talking to the big brother all the time? We got a Father to talk to. Father who loves us. I'm not saying never talk to Jesus. Please don't take what I'm saying out of proportion. All I'm just saying that this reality that we have been brought into a family is known by our connection to the Father. This is powerful thought. Powerful thought. He wants us to go right to Him. Know my Father like I know Him. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, 
when Dylan was about three or four years old, he's our baby. He's not such a baby anymore. He's 18 now and about to graduate high school. But he was three or four years old. He would come and ask me questions sometimes that I knew were not questions he would normally ask. And as I would prod him a little bit, I realized he's asking a question for somebody else. His two older sisters. It would either be Madeline or Laurel, or both. And you know, one thing I learned about being a, a dad is that kids, they've got game. And they can make stuff happen. I mean, they're working behind the scenes all the time. Huh? They are here <laughs> to divide the house. <laughs> to conquer and to take the spoils. But he would, I'd say, who told you to ask me that? Because the girls, because he's the baby, they thought if the baby asked on our behalf, then there's a good chance we're going to get a yes in this deal. Well, maybe, maybe, but at the same time, I want to hear their request. I'm their father. I want my children to know that I love them all the same. And even if the answer is no, not right now or whatever, I still want them to come and ask me. I don't need them having a mediator. I'm their father. Your father loves you, and he has given you access through his son to come boldly before that throne of grace and talk to him. And let your cares and concerns be known before him. Because he has your best interest in mind. And believe me, he wants better for you than you want. And he knows the trouble in your life. And he knows the needs that you have. But he says, ask and you will receive. Ask the Father in my name. You're going to get it. Amen. Believe it. Do you believe that today? Oh, good. Amen. All right. We're almost through. Um, yeah, I'll pass over that one. Another important thing is that we, when, when you pray, pray according to the word. Pray according to the, that means you need to get into the scriptures, read the writings of Paul, read the promises in the scriptures, and if you don't know where the promises are, you can Google it. Somebody's done it for you, all right? So, um, but look at these promises because the scripture says all of God's promises are, are in Christ. Now, in him, yes, and in him, amen. You know what that means? God's answer is to your prayers? Yes. Yes. Yes, and he's given us his wonderful word full of these promises to grab a hold of those things, to declare those things, and to possess what God has promised us. All right? So we pray according to his word because his word is his will. And, and I'm going to finish with this, this verse here, uh, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. Because this, unfortunately, oh, this is so sad to me. Unfortunately, this has been used as a hammer against people instead of... Look at this great news. It's been used to confuse people. Look at this. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him that we ask anything according to his will. He hears us. And here's what the religious preacher gets out of this. Here's what the legalist gets from this. All right? Here's what the ignorant person gets from this. You, pray, you better pray according to his will. Otherwise, he won't hear you. That's what you got from that verse? Are you kidding me? That's what you got from that verse. Hey, you got to keep reading. Tell somebody you got to keep reading. 
So you've got to keep reading. But because it fits so well in that denominational mantra, we'll just stay right there. Okay. All right. That's another sermon for another time. Next verse. Look at this. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, again, here it is again, right? Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Okay. So let's figure this out. He says, if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. But see, so many of us have been trained to think, okay, if it's got to be the will of God in order for him to hear me and, and, and in order for me to get it answered. He has to hear me first, and if, if he's going to hear me, then I have to make sure that it, it's the will of God. I just won't pray. What's the point? If it's that difficult, if it's that hard, so then you pray confused prayers. We pray these stupid, stupid prayers. Oh, God. Lord, I, I don't ask for Lord, I, I just want my needs met. If you would just throw a crumb our way. And oh, we don't want to get extravagant. We, 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 just, we just won't. So we humbly receive. Please, sir, can I have some more? And hope that worked. And it didn't. Because that's not how he wants you approaching him. That's not how he wants you praying. He already showed us what his will is. We pray according to his will. That is, ask for anything. Amen. Ask for anything. Small prayers are the ones that aren't his will. Oh, pray the big ones for anything. Come on, get out there this year in your faith in God. Get out there this year and pray. Don't pray afraid. Don't pray confused. He's taking all the confusion out. Amen? Anything according to His will. Every time you declare what God has said, you declare His word. Faith is the assurance that you're going to get what you've asked for, and His promises are there that you can be fully persuaded of them so that you can live in them. I love this. We have this assurance. See, we have this confidence. We know that when He hears us, mm, we get what we ask for. Hallelujah. This is not difficult. So fully accept the invitation that God gives. Leave all that religious nonsense behind, the fears, the worries, and just say, Lord, I believe. I believe your word. I believe what you said. And I'm going to let my request be made known to you because I know this, that when I do that, that keeps me out of anxiety, that keeps me out of fear, and your peace comes and it guards my heart and my mind. And I thank you that when I ask you, I get what I've asked for. So Philippians says, be anxious for nothing. In everything by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God with thanksgiving. Why is he telling us to thank him if we don't know if it's going to happen or not? Be the, thank you, Lord, for not doing it. I'm praying it, but I'm thinking. No, he wants you to pray with thanksgiving so that you'll have confidence that he's faithful. He is faithful. He is faithful. Come on, say it. He is faithful. God is faithful. Won't you lift your hands for a moment and just worship Him. Thank Him for His faithfulness to you. Make a commitment to Him. Lord, 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 nothing's going to hold me back this year. I'm going to seek You more. I'm going to pray more. 
Lord, I'm going after it. I'm not going to be afraid any longer. I'm not letting my own reasoning keep me and hold me back in Jesus' name. I declare in Jesus' name that I have what you said I can have. Come on, whatever request it is that you have. Maybe you've been afraid to voice it. Maybe it's just been somewhere down in your heart. But God said, say that. Let it be known to me. Ask for that thing. Don't be afraid. I love you. I'm on your side. Amen. Come on, pray right now. Just pray. Ask Him for that thing. What is that request that you have? What is it that you have need of right now? Just know that God is here to hear you and to supply your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And God is able. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think, dream or imagine according to the power that works in us. Thank you, Lord. Oh, Lord, thank you right now. Thank you right now that fear has lost its grip today. Amen. Amen. Confusion has gone away. Peace has come. Joy has come in Jesus' name. And Lord, I thank you as, as the book of Daniel says, this people shall know their God. Be strong and do exploits in the earth. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The door is open and we're going through it. The door is open. We're going. We're taking action this year. We're not going to sit back and let life happen to us. No, we are here and we have a blessing from God to have dominion in this earth in Jesus' name. And so I thank you, Father God, for these who have the victory and who live in victory and who continue to evoke that victory in their lives and in those they come in contact with in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Praise God. If you need prayer for healing this morning, if you're here, I feel the Lord just wanted me to deal with this for just a moment. He's here. The, the anointing is here for healing right now. If you need healing in your body, just raise your hand where you're sitting. Lord, thank you right now in Jesus' name. And if you're sitting next to someone with their hand up, could you, could you just agree right now with them? Put your hand on them because the, we believe the word that says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Lord, thank you right now. Thank you, Lord, that you have you've been given me this instruction right now. That means that you're here to heal. You're here to, this word is going to come alive in these bodies. You sent your word and you healed them and you delivered them from their destruction in Jesus' name. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Thank you, Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your disease, who redeems your life from destruction in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Surely he... Surely He has borne our sickness and disease and calamities and anxieties and maladies and carried our pains, our physical and our mental pains. And He was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was on Him and with His stripes we are healed in Jesus' name. Woo, hallelujah. I believe that's done. Amen. 
Amen. In Jesus' name. Let's stand together. Thank you for being here. I know you're anxious. Maybe, maybe you're anxious to watch football, but. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me pray a blessing over you. And then Kayla's going to come and, and dismiss you. Just want to pronounce this over you. May the Lord bless you and all of your house. And may the Lord keep you. And may the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. And his favor surrounds you as with a shield. Wherever you go, you have favor with God and man. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com. 